Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hi, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom. A reminder that what you do every day is life-changing and that it matters more deeply than you could ever comprehend. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing, and He has called you and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, today we're talking with Dr. Meg Meeker about connecting with our kids and the important role that fathers play in our children's lives. Today, Dr. Meeker is going to share encouragement for parenting teenagers and pursuing relationships with them. She'll also share ways to include dads in parenting from the beginning and how to honor and encourage dads to be active parents. Now, especially when she started sharing about teenagers, since I am diving into that stage right now, I honestly, I didn't want this interview to end. I felt like I was just drinking from a fountain of parenting wisdom. You guys are going to love Dr. Meg Meeker, and you're going to see what I mean. Hey, Mom. Um, Jackson, I'm recording a podcast. I know, but I'm bored. Can I watch shows? Moms, if your summer is anything like mine, you may have heard this question one or a thousand times, and I've never been super excited about saying yes, but now we have Jelly Telly. Jelly Telly is an incredible website and app filled with over 300 hours of fun and exciting Bible-centered videos, from Veggie Tales to Torch Lighters, which are a video series about heroes of the faith. There's something for everyone from toddlers to teenagers. Jackson, what are some of your favorite shows on Jelly Telly? Friends and Heroes and Torch Lighters. Now, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I feel like one after I watch what's in the Bible. It's geared towards kids, but I learn so much from it. So even adults can enjoy all the great content on Jelly Telly. And I'm about to make your summer much easier. Jelly Telly wants to give you a free week and a coloring download page to keep your kids entertained, whether on screen or off. So just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash Jelly Telly and use the coupon code inspired. So now when your kids ask, mom, can I watch shows? You can feel good about saying yes. Again, that's inspiredtoaction.com forward slash jelly telly, J-E-L-L-Y-T-E-L-L-Y, and use the coupon code inspired. Thanks, Jax. You're welcome. All right. Well, let's jump into our chat today with Dr. Meg Meeker. Meg, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, I'm so happy to be with you, Kat. I have to say, I was like, okay, so do do I call her Dr. Meeker? Can I just call (laughs) her Meg? That feels weird. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. Uh, Before we get started, though, I would love just for everybody listening to kind of get a little glimpse into who you are. And so just give us a little background on Dr. Meg Meeker. Oh, you bet. I uh, am a pediatrician and I work with my husband, who is also a pediatrician and an internist. We set up a private practice in 1990 after we'd both finished residencies. And we have uh, now eight partners. We uh, raised four kids together, three girls and a boy, and now they're adults. And we are blessed to have four grandkids, Mm. a set of twins, 
that are four months old and a little boy and a little girl. And I'll tell you, that is the just the joy in my life. I tell parents it's the big payoff, you know, <laughs> having these grandkids um, because it's so fun to watch your kids parent. And it's interesting because they really do mimic so much of what you as a parent do. And, and they've they go, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing it. And they do it even a little stronger. For instance, we were pretty strict with our kids on television programs growing up. We didn't have the internet or anything. And now I watch my daughters and they're really strict with their kids at FaceTime because they said, we appreciate it so much, mom, that, you know, you didn't let us watch TV during the summer because we live in more, northern Michigan. It's beautiful. And now we want to instill that in our own kids. So it's a big payoff on, on a lot of levels. But um, so my husband and I have been married 36 years. And um, I am now uh, an author and a speaker. Uh, and I have my book number seven coming out on fathers, which it, it came out yesterday, actually. So we're pretty busy. But we just my husband and I just love what we do. We love kids. We love taking care of kids. And I realized many years ago that if I was going to do a good job taking care of children, I really needed to help their parents. Hmm. So that's what the focus of a lot of the work that I've done in the past 20 years has been with writing is, is encouraging parents. So good. I'm really curious to know, when you started encouraging parents, was that when your, you know, quote unquote parenting journey was done? Like your kids were grown and raised? Were you in the midst of it? Because that sounds a little scary to to write about parenting. <laughs> you know, actually, I learned that right from the get go as a as a young pediatrician in my early 30s uh, and late 20s. I guess I, I guess I was started to be my residency. Yeah, I started my pediatric residency in the late 20s because I observed a lot. I, I, I sort of am a professional listener, if you will, of children, little children, teenagers, young adult children. And I listen to what they say about their parents. And I realized that parents were the ones who are really going to affect the change in their lives and children's lives. So even as a young mother, I got it. I saw it. And um, it was very frightening for me as a young mother. Um, but I had to just sort of say, this is the way it is. And this is the truth. So I have to encourage other parents. And I have to encourage myself here, too, because it's tough. And it's only grown and built over the years. So I really didn't start writing about it until my kids were probably in high school. Um, well, that but sounds I, like the scariest time to to write about <laughs> parenting. Well, you know, that's a, it's it's interesting to say it. I I I, I enjoyed my kids being teenagers and I enjoy teenagers. I see a lot of teenagers in my practice and I, I think I just kind of understand them because I've listened so well. And again, I'm a, such a staunch child advocate that I realize one of the best things I can do is help kids connect with their parents better. And the worst thing I can do is stand in between parents and their kids, um, which I think a lot of pediatricians do. You know, we're taught to, as we talk to the 13 and 14 year olds, kick the parents out of the room and tell the kids what the parents don't know and what we know and how we can help the kids. And that's really the wrong thing to do. But you know, for us, the teenage years were were pretty fun, but 
uh, again, we live in sort of a small town in northern Michigan, and there's a lot of water around us, and we just stayed outside. And maybe that was the key. I don't know. I think the teenage kids need to be outside all the time. And maybe that helps them be more fun to live with. But well, I have to say, I actually have my second teenager today. She turned 13 today. Wow. And I'm loving the teenagers. I, you know, they're, I don't think they're any easier than the toddler years or the baby years. It's just oh, as no. exhausting because they're up late and they have a lot of things to say. Yes. And there's a lot of emotions and, and that sort of thing. But it's so fun. At it's the so same fun. Time. It's so fun. It's tricky because they can have temper tantrums just like toddlers exactly and but they can say nasty things during the temper tantrums and they can slam doors call names and they don't just throw themselves on the floor anymore and scream and pound the floor and the walls well they do that too but they usually don't throw themselves on the floor but here's the cool thing about teenagers they really want to know that you want to be with them that you value what they have to say. Mm. Even if you don't agree with it, who cares? Listen to what they have to say because they, every teenager that I've worked with who's gotten into trouble has two things to say. And the very first thing that comes out of their mouth is, no one listened to me. And what they mean by that is, people heard what came out of my, my mouth, they didn't like it, and so they yelled at me and tried to change me. Okay. And the second thing is they don't feel that people really wanted them around. Mm -hmm. And if a child doesn't feel, this is so elementary, if a child doesn't feel that a parent wants them around, they act out unbelievably. So the meaner the teenager, the more attention they want and need. But it's it's hard because they push you away. So I, I think that with a, a couple of key shifts in a mindset and a couple of key behavior changes on the part of a, a part of a parent make can make or break the teen years. So good. I feel like this is uh, this is just a little counseling for cat today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. See, but but this is what I, I really enjoy doing because I understand probably better than you do because I've seen daughters like yours turn 23 and talk mm -hmm. about you. And how desperately they want you to just sort of sit on the end of the bed, the end of the day, even while they're doing homework and say, hey, how was your day? And then just listen. And if your child doesn't want to talk, come back in a couple of days, come back in a couple of days. Did you ever read the book Runaway Bunny Cat to your kids when they're yes, little? Yes, yes. Reread it. Because that's your 13-year-old. You need to become a ship on the ocean or become a, 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 a sail on the ship that she becomes as she runs away from you. And you need to become another flower in the garden when she runs away to the garden to become a flower because she wants to get away from you. You pursue your children. You enter their world and you stay there and you stay there. I really believe that. Parents of teens need to run to read Runaway Bunny. And That's so good. That's yeah. so good. You know, and I can see that too. We, with my 14 year old, we homeschooled her last year. And, and just clarification, I'm not saying homeschooling is the magic bullet, but we were, we were very busy and everything. And so last year we pulled her out of school just, just to homeschool her, just to be with her. We thought the eighth grade year was a good year just to kind of hang out and connect. And that was so uh, influential in our relationship. And even yeah. now as she's super busy and in high school, I feel like we kind of just get each other. So whatever emotions there are, whatever situations there are, we, we, we get each other. And so um, just that time, you know, 
if you're listening right now and you're like, I can't do that, that's totally fine. It's just the idea of, you know, being intentional and saying, okay, I'm going to pull you out of this, the craziness. I'm going to pull myself out of the craziness of the world around us. And I just want to connect with you and just be with you. Absolutely. And, and, and to you, it was very helpful, but to your daughter, uh, being literally just being in the same house with your mom and dad, even if you don't talk much or say much or do much together, that alone transforms children. And I can't get that through to parents because they so devalue their time with their kids. They're constantly running them around to all of these things and giving up their time with their kids in the name of sports and arts and school and and better grades and tutors. But a parent helps develop the identity of a child. A parent does. Schools help a little bit. Coaches help a little bit. Friends help a little bit. It's the parent. And the way the parent does that is having more face-to-face time with children. You know, great parenting is so simple, but it's hard. It's like all good things in life. It's hard, but it's simple. And 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 this is why we need to really um, encourage parents to just hang in there with their kids and 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 be the mom and the runaway bunny. So good. I just love that. I'm like, okay, I just want to go pick up my kids from school right now and just yeah. hang out with them. Um, okay, so yesterday, my teenage, my now teenager was watching a television show that she enjoys. And it's a really good show. But she, she noticed something. She said, Mom, why are all the guys in the show dumb, like or, or portrayed <laughs> as dumb? Uh, you know, yes. like the dad is a little bit bumbling. The brother is a little bit bumbling. Yeah. And I, what do you what do you think about that? How, how does how is culture portraying men, specifically fathers? Well, first of all, you have a very insightful young woman because kids need to learn to look at things on the screen and in a book very critically. And we've sort of we've we've gotten away with critical thinking and we've trained kids to be very reactive. But your daughter's on to something very, very important. Um, first of all, over the past 25 years, and I've watched this happen because uh, I was at an all women's college in the 1970s and I saw feminism really start to rise and I was smack in the middle of it. After it took off and women got more and more attention and mothers got more and more attention and research was done about them and research was printed, what happened is fathers fell away. And, and not only did fathers sort of get pushed to the side marketers very quickly realized in those producing shows and music and products very quickly realized that if you start making fun of fathers more people will watch women will like it and they'll get more viewers and and it just escalated um and it's gotten very intense over the past 15 years you're hard pressed to find a father in any movie who has strong character. And I don't mean to be, I don't, I don't mean overly authoritative or obnoxious or mean. I'm talking about a good man who is involved in his kids' lives, who doesn't need to be corrected by a snarky 11-year-old kid, mm-hmm. who isn't the butt of all jokes. And everywhere you turn, you see it once you open your eyes to it. But make no mistake, that has a profound effect on how fathers perceive themselves, though they don't even know it, 
how kids perceive their fathers and how kids treat their fathers and how women in the home treat their husbands. We are taught as women that we got this parenting thing, particularly if we have daughters. We understand them. We're intuitive. We're mothers. We can do it all. We can be all to our children. We breastfeed. Nobody else can. Um, and so, so think about that message early on in life. Then you have a baby. The nurse comes in and says, you're going to breastfeed, right, for only a, for a year exclusively. Don't give the baby a bottle because there'll be confusion. That's a bunch of nonsense. That that tells dad, get out of the picture. Um, baby needs only mom. Baby needs to bond with mom. Well, baby needs to bond with dad, too. See, right from the get-go, dad is um, sidelined. And it's so harmful to children. So we need to rectify the situation. Women need to get in there and say, I will honor my child in that he or she needs, with a capital N-E-E-D, as good of a relationship with his or her father they can have. And I, as a good mother, need to facilitate that. If I'm divorced, doesn't matter. If I'm a foster mom, doesn't matter. If I'm an adoptive mom and with adoptive, it doesn't matter. A mom needs to facilitate a healthy relationship with the active, engaged father in the picture because the child needs more than just her. That's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of mothers. But it's a great, it's great news because it means we need help and we're admitting it. And isn't that wonderful? You know, we're not to, meant to go this journey alone. So it's a win for everybody, particularly children. When we acknowledge that kids want their dads, need their dads, and we need to make room for dad in the kids' lives. I love that point. Now, I want to back up just a second because I don't want it to be a distraction point for some listening. You know, maybe they just got home from the hospital and they're listening to this podcast and they've decided to breastfeed or they're thinking about breastfeeding or, or um, bottle feeding or whatever. Um, so are you saying that what was that just a, an example or are you saying, hey, you know, don't just breastfeed. You should also do this. I, I just I just want to clarify yeah, that point. Please, so it's thank not a you. Distraction. Thank you. Thank you. Breastfeeding's fabulous. It's wonderful. I breast all, breastfed all of our kids. I strongly encourage women to breastfeed. If you're breastfeeding, however, I encourage you to pump uh, so that dad can give a couple of bottles per feeding cycle because you need a break. Uh, the baby's going to do fine with it. And dad needs to bond with baby. Baby needs dad to bond. So deliver the breast milk in a different form. Don't be afraid, you know, and get some rest. You don't need to be up every three hours, night after night after night after night, going solo. Do you know how many women go back to work and they're breastfeeding and they're pumping and they're up at night and they re are refusing help because they believe this is what they are supposed to do and have to do. So, of course, breastfeeding is wonderful. It is, but, but, but include dad in the process. Allow him to feed baby breast milk in a bottle. The baby's going to do fine and he's going to win because he's going to have bond with dad too. So, that's what I mean where when you bring dad into the picture, you can deliver the goods in a better way for everybody. So your new book is called Hero. 
What does that mean? How would you define a hero dad? Well, first of all, I call the book Hero being the strong father your children need. Because in a child's eyes, in a child's eyes, maybe not your eyes or dad's eyes, but in a child's eyes, every dad is their hero until he proves himself otherwise. Mm. So that's a role that a child bestows on a father. So parents need to understand that in a child's eyes, this person is stronger, smarter, um, wiser. Um, and more trustworthy than any person on the whole wide world. Now, mom is something very different, which is equal in value. Um, mom is the person who will never leave, who will always love you, who will always have your back. That's why kids can treat their mother so badly, because in their minds, they believe mom has to love you. But in their minds, they believe dads don't have to. Now, this isn't something we teach kids and that we don't necessarily want them to believe, but this is what they believe. This is what I've heard over 30 years. So in a child's mind, dad is a big, wonderful, good guy who's larger than life. So all dad needs to do is maintain that posture until he knocks himself off of it. And and this is what I need. I want dads to realize is they are so different in their child's perspective than they believe themselves to be. Because the truth is most dads believe that they hope they're doing it right, that they just don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to mess their kids up, that they don't they feel very secure in their job and the work they do outside the home. But when it comes to parenting, in my in, in my experience, even very smart men who are very good men, very kind men, when it comes to parenting, they're kind of intimidated and nobody tells them, you got this, go ahead. Mothers, on the other hand, go, you know, I know I should be less busy, but I, I fundamentally I've got this. Dads don't feel that way. So a hero in a child's eyes is a man who lives a life of integrity, who does his best to own up to and to live out what a child believes him to be, which is my dad's going to tell me the truth. My dad's going to protect me. My dad's going to do his best to love me well. And he's going to be the big bad guy when someone needs to be the big bad guy, because that's what my dad does. That's it. I mean, it's very simple. It's very simple. But again, it's hard. So in this book, I'm trying to give a child's eye view to a father and a mother of who dad is. And it's so very different from we, what we as moms and dads think it is. What about the dad who thinks that he already knocked himself off that pedestal? I will tell you that's most fathers. I, I will tell you that's even my husband, who was an extraordinary dad to our kids. Uh, that That's most fathers. I will say this, you will never meet a more forgiving person in your life than your child. And so all you need to do to get back up there is the work of admitting the mistakes you made, asking for forgiveness, and working hard to get things right again. 
And it's not as long or hard of a journey as you would think it will be. Now, if you've been estranged from your adult child for 15 years, that's going to take some work and time. But even that's not irreconcilable. So if you have a young child and you feel you've messed up, you've yelled too much, um, you've yelled at mom, you've called names, um, you have never been around, you name it. A child will forgive you, and here's why. A child relates to a father as child to adult. A child, son or daughter, is connected to dad by a need that is based in love. That child needs dad to love him, needs dad to like him, needs dad to believe that he's okay. You and I, Kat, both know adult men who are working hard to prove to their fathers who are, you know, say the guy is 40 and dad is 65, still trying to prove to dad that they are valuable, that they can be successful. That's how deep that need for dad's approval goes. Now, dad doesn't see that because he's an adult looking at a child who doesn't need the child, but he needs to understand that child needs dad. So that child is primed to reconcile with you and needs reconciliation. And father believes that it's 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 too hard, can't do it, he's screwed up too bad. No, no, no. You need to realize that child wants and needs reconciliation with you, so get going. You're the dad who's expected to take the lead here. Don't wait for the child to ask for it. Do it because you can do it. Any man can do it. I've had men in prison who have reconciled with their children. Now, we're talking to men and women who probably aren't in prison, who think they've blown it and they can't be the hero. Oh, yes, you can. Because again, this is about how your kid child sees you, not how you see you. That's just profound and incredibly powerful and inspiring for any uh, any dad who might be listening along with their wife thinking that, you know, I've already blown it. <laughs> how, how do I turn yes. the ship around? And it's not it's not as hard as we think it is because our kids can get us differently. Yes. Um, OK, so I want to know that, you know, this is a mom podcast and yeah. there's a lot of moms listening who are like, OK, that sounds great and all. But my husband's not really engaged with the kids. He, he maybe, you know, whatever the, the, the reason is, whether it's intimidation, whether it's, you know, I don't know what. There's all kinds of reasons. How does a mom support her husband or her child's father if they're not together anymore to, you know, for the dads that want to? How, how does yep. she support them? But for the yep. dads who just seem a little bit ambivalent about it. Yeah. What does the mom do? Yeah. First of all, don't react the way you want to, which is I'm mad and disappointed at that man because he's failing our kids. That's how we mothers who love our kids. That's how I felt, Kat. If, if, if my husband wasn't doing what I believed he needed to do to be a good dad, I felt very disappointed and angry. And I came at him saying, you know what? These kids need you. You've got to step up to the plate. You've got to talk differently to them. Well, what does that make a man do? It makes him shut down further. Even self-confident men, it shuts them down. Men don't do well with shame. And so what you need to do is completely shift your approach to 
your children's father to your husband or your ex-husband, whatever it is. And this is what you know. Say, there is a reason that my husband doesn't want to engage his kids. And that reason stems probably from insecurity or pain from his childhood because he didn't have a great relationship with his dad. So my job as the mother of my children and his wife or ex-wife is to do my best to help him help our kids. And the way I can motivate a man to do that is to do this. First of all, try this, try this exercise. For one month, every day, say something positive, positive about him to him in front of our kids. Now, if he isn't in the home, say it to the kids without him there. Do it for a month and see how your perspective changes and how his relationship with the kids changes. You won't believe the difference and how your relationship with the kids changes because kids like it when their mothers respect the father, even if the father is making huge mistakes like he's drunk all the time. Okay. Even still, you can find things to praise about that man. So you do that for a month. Second thing you do is you you um, reconcile your own bad feelings towards men. Now, there are a lot of women who have difficulty praising their husbands because they carry anger towards a man that happened to them in childhood. If one or in three or four women was sexually abused, that woman has a lot of pain. If she doesn't reconcile that pain, she brings it into her marriage which spills onto her children. So a lot of us don't want to encourage the men in our lives because we've got male baggage. So we need to own up to it and say, okay, how do I do this? Um, and, And that's a very, very important thing to do. The third thing we need to do is make room in parenting for dad. Now, this is tough for many women like me who are very strong willed to do. Because we are very controlling people, moms. We want it to be done right with our kids. So we just do it. But we need to back off and let dads do what dads do well. For instance, I was always at my husband, not always, but I I, I constantly was telling my husband when our girls were teenagers to engage and talk to the girls more. Please talk to them. Please talk to them. You're good. They need to listen to you. They want to listen to you, yada, yada. So one day I heard my husband talking to our daughters, teenage daughters in the other room. And I was listening, checking up on him, of course, because I'm controlling (laughs) to make sure he said the right thing. (laughs) And I go, and in my mind, I go, no, 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 that's not how you talk to daughters. What did I do? I, excuse me. Um, I ran out of the room. I swept into the conversation and my body language and words said, um, no, 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 no. Let's back up here. What you really mean to say is this. Well, what was the message to everybody in the conversation? A, dad doesn't know what he's talking about. B, dad's words aren't, words aren't worth listening to. And C, mom's got it right, not dad. So just get out of the way. What a horrible thing to do to a father and to the kids. So what I learned to do was button my lips Mm. and to let him speak to our kids. And that's a control issue. So every mother oversteps bounds in a lot of ways. So we need to make room 
for the dads to parent. And that's an inner struggle we deal with. But guess what? We can do it. And it's a win for everybody when we do it. A, we do less work. And B, dad has a better relationship with the kids. And we have a better relationship with the kids because we are honoring their relation dad's relationship with the kids so you just see how how well it works but we've hogged that territory for far too long cat as moms i love how everything you shared is something that any mom can do it's not yes. it's not she, she she can't say oh well my husband isn't you know interested in in reading a book about being a father my husband isn't around this is all stuff that any mom can do in yeah. any situation now I, you know i do want to mention what about the mom who the the father isn't like, isn't there? Maybe he's passed away. Maybe, you know, we don't know where he is. What does she do? Yes. And I, and I talked to a lot of moms in this situation. Here's what you do. First of all, you acknowledge, I can only be a great mom. I can't be a great mom and dad. So take a big, deep breath and give yourself some grace. Quit trying to be everything to your kids. It's too much on anybody's shoulders. So that also realize that your children have needs that a dad or a dad figure needs to meet. If you have a son or if you have a daughter, particularly if they're teens, you can't meet those needs and that's okay. It doesn't mean they're going to be messed up when they're older. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is do your best to find a good man in your life, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your brother, maybe it's a coach, maybe it's your pastor, maybe it's somebody. And bring that man alive in your children's lives and talk about him and talk about um, what he does well. And if he will come around and spend time with your children, make way for that. Let him in your kids' lives. It's very, very important. If your kids are older, and they had a, a dad who was really present and a great dad, even if he wasn't a great dad, talk about him. Talk about what dad would have done. Talk about how dad would have responded to the issue and the problem. Don't be afraid to talk about dad to your kids because they're thinking about him anyway. So bring it out into the open and help them grieve what dad wasn't there to give, but also show them what dad did give and what he would continue to give if he were here. For instance, Johnny comes home from a hockey game. He uh, was supposed to, he had the last goal. It was going to be the winning goal for his team, but he missed the goal. And he comes home in tears and he's 15 and the tears flow hardy because dad wasn't there. You sit down and say, you know what, honey, I am so proud of you. And if dad were here today, this is what he would say to you. And you tell him how proud dad would be. So be bold in your parenting, but don't feel that you need to do it all. And and, and that's how you that's how you begin to help your kids have their dad needs met. Don't ignore their dad needs because they're real and your kids know them. And if you try to pretend they don't have them anymore, you're going to make your kids feel crazy because they have needs and you're saying they're not there. Then they, because they're so self, they're so egocentric, believe something's wrong with me for wanting dad 
to be here or a man to be here. Don't do that. Live in truth. And that's how you win with your kids. Wow. I I literally think I could just come talk to you for like five days. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I love what I do. I, well, I really it, do. It, it absolutely shows not just in your passion for it, but in the way in the last 30 minutes, you've just given so much wisdom. Like, I've just taken pages and pages of notes. And I, you know, sometimes I, I'm, I don't always want to go back and listen to an interview um, more than a couple times because I don't want to hear myself and, and hear myself yeah. stumble. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to listen to this over and over and over again. So, so good. Meg, where can people find more about you online? Where can they get the book? Where can they can just devour all the stuff that you have? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, MegMeekerMD.com. Uh, and I have a Facebook page. I take uh, reader questions and I do my best to answer as many as I can um, because this is my heart. Mm-hmm. And I and I really believe that um, it's, it's, it's really not that it's not that complicated. I can't say it's not hard. It's not that complicated. And we women need to help each other. And the best way we help each other is to speak truth to each other. And and that's what you and I have been doing here for the past half hour. And that's why I think it works, Kat, because we do need each other because life is hard and this mom role is hard. And and even as a woman, if there are women listening who aren't moms, make no mistake, you've still got a mom heart. Mm. So go find some kids and help them. You know, there are plenty of kids out there that need help. No matter how old they are, we all need a mom in our life. I need a mom in my life, and my mom died six years ago. You never get over not having your mom. So any woman can be any mom, you know, to a child, even to to a younger woman. So so do it. So good. Meg, it has truly, truly been an honor to talk to you today and to, to glean your wisdom and to share it with everybody listening. So what, whatever else you go about and do today, know that thousands of moms have been just built up and equipped to go and not just support their husbands, but to love their kids really well. And so I just thank you for the time that you've given to us today. Well, thank you so much, Kat. All right. You have a great day. Okay. Thanks, Kat. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Dr. Meg Meeker as much as I did. Now, don't forget to sign up for our email list so you can be sure to get the show notes for this episode and every other episode that we send out straight to your inbox. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash notes. And while you're there, you can also check out all the resources that we have for moms. Now, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. There are so many things you could do with your time, and I am honored and blessed that you would join us today. And I look forward to bringing you another great episode of the Inspired Action Podcast next time. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet, but I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy